0: today we're studying first Peter chapter three, verse uh, one through nine so let's jump right in uh, we've been talking uh in in first uh, Peter we've been talking about dealing with tragedies, dealing with crises, and as we've been saying, you know the whole world right now is dealing with the crisis, the, the coronavirus pandemic, and so in first Peter we've been talking about um, what it feels like to go through trials and um, having what what our faith really means, and having faith under, uh, and to be having perseverance and how important that is to give God the praise, the honor, and the glory for whatever we're going through. And, and our faith is what we have to depend on, not ourselves, our faith in the Lord. And so we've been talking about that, and in, in chapter two, we've been talking about what that means, and how we grow up, and how we grow up uh, spiritually, you know, through these trials and and as we grow. And we are called to be good and to do good. We are called to be good because we are like um, living stones. We're a holy priesthood. We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of Christ's own possession, because He sacrificed Himself on the cross so we could be holy. In other words, he's calling us to be good. And then later in chapter 2, he's calling us to do good. Okay? So we are free. We are free like exiles to the world, to the sin of the world, to all the authorities of the world and just to the to the to the um the temporary nation of this world. We're we're living as sojourners, exiles okay and we are free now for uh, any from any human institution God is Jesus Christ has overcome all of this so we are now free we are free to be good but also we're free to do good and to give honor to Christ As we do good. Now, chapter three is what we're looking at today. So we've talked about trials and we've talked about what we're called to do, to to be good and to do good. And now he gets it down to our actual relationships. Peter is so practical right now. And he's talking about first our relationship. We've been talking about our relationship with Christ. Now, we're getting even closer to our relationships with one another. So, he starts off with husbands and wives. He's talking about the family relationship because the family relationship is so important. So, here we go. Wives, be subject, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Okay? So, he's talking about these relationships, and he does it from the standpoint of wives first. Be subject to the husbands. Now, he's not saying the husbands have complete power over the women, because the husbands are all supposed, also supposed to obey the Word, the Word of Christ, the Word of God. And so, husbands and wives are subject to the Word of God, to the Word of Christ. But but wives, not only if, if, they're, um, if they're subject to the Word of God through Jesus Christ, they are now voluntarily allowing their husbands, who are also subjects, <laughs> to, to lead, and they are allowing themselves to be subject to the, to the husband. Okay? And so, that, so that's sort of the relationship that he sets up. It's not a domineering relationship. It's both are subject, first of all, to the Lord. And so the husband has been given the authority to to lead. The wife has been given the authority to follow, to help. And so all the authority... Is really Christ's authority. So that is the relationship that is set up here. So it's not like one person is dominant and the other person is passive. Both people have been given a position by Christ, by the Lord. And if one doesn't obey, and in this example, if the husband doesn't obey, the wife is basically showing the husband their conduct, okay? So even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. And as McGee says, it's not like you're trying to win an argument at this point with somebody who who doesn't believe. You can win the argument sometimes or you can win the day by preaching a wordless sermon. So the conduct how you do. And remember we were called in chapter 2. Be good and to do good. Now he's saying. Do good. To someone you love the most. Do good. It's your conduct. It's what you do. It's what you do. And as McGee says. The best translation of the Bible he's ever read. Is the doer's translation. So wives. Wives. Do good to your husbands, so that they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Verse 2, when they see your respectful and pure conduct, okay? Verse 3, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. In other words, it's your conduct. It's how you do good. That's what matters. You need to be good. You're called to be good. You have been saved to be good. And the Lord wants you to do good. And in your relationships, for sure, do good. So that if somebody's not, somebody's not believing the right way, do good. Do not fear anything that is frightening. Again, it is this call to do good, just like we saw in chapter in chapter 2. Do good. Verse 7, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the women as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you. Of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. In other words, he's calling on the husbands also to do good, to live in an understanding way. So the authority that God gives the wife is to follow the husband. The authority that the um, God gives the husband is to honor the wife. Honor. He doesn't say to dominate he says to honor the woman <clears throat> now the weaker vessel and that that could mean like the physical weakness you know husband you know men are usually stronger than women or it could be the weaker vessel in terms of of the vessel that is supposed to follow <clears throat> but in any event the husbands are there to um to honor them now he's also said gentle quiet spirit you know for the woman up there uh in verse 4 so the the wife is is um the hidden person the adorning is the gentle quiet spirit okay so the gentleness in spirit could be the what the weaker vessel is um that he's talking about, that a gentle, quiet spirit is the adornment of the, of the wife. But this weaker vessel, this helping vessel is, is exactly a mirror of the relationship that Jesus Christ had with the Father in heaven. Jesus was in submission to the Father. Remember, he always went around saying, I'm here to do the will of my Father who sent me. You know, and any praise that they would give Jesus, he would give it right back to the Father. He would say, you know, I'm doing this through my Father. You know, so Jesus was a gentle, quiet spirit. And he was the weaker vessel Compared to the Father in heaven he was a weaker vessel in that he allowed himself to be put on a cross he allowed himself to be mocked and ridiculed he allowed himself to be uh, put to death so he was doing what the Father needed him to do, but that was the authority that he 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 uh, gave. To the Father, He accepted His position. But then again, the Father in Heaven was um, the lead and He raised Jesus from the dead and brought honor to Jesus. So just like the husband raises up the woman and shows her honor in her weaker position, just like the Father raised Christ Up and showed honor to him in his weaker position. So, that grace of your life, okay, that's the heirs that the husband and the wife have both together. The heirs of this grace, this gospel grace. This is what Jesus, this was Jesus's life example, was a gospel grace. So that your prayers may not be hindered. In other words, your relationship. With the Lord, our Father in heaven, depends on you having a good relationship with one another. If your relationship with one another is is not going well, that's probably a sign that your relationship with your Father in heaven is not going well. And... If you can't have a good relationship, if you think you have a good relationship with your Father in Heaven, but you don't put any investment in your relationships with one another, that is a problem. Your prayers will be hindered. You're called to be good, but if you actually don't put it into practice to do good, you actually hinder your relationship with your father in heaven he calls us to be good so he wants us to do good and we have to do good with one another verse 8 finally all of you have unity all of you have unity of mind sympathy brotherly love a tender heart and a humble mind do not repay evil for evil or re- uh, Reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. So once again, what's this do good look like with one another, the relationship with one another? It's, being uni- it's having unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. You were called. You were called to do good. Jesus sacrificed so you could be good. But now, you're called to do good with one another and for everybody. Do good. So, wonderful um, study. Um, and just to all of you who are listening if you're if you're suffering or you're worried or you're stressed because of all this coronavirus or or no matter what just know that you were called to to be good to, to live free to live free and it's great that that you're believing in the Lord but he's called you to grow up He's called you to grow up as a Christian. So he's calling us all to put away all these immature emotions, you know, the self-centeredness that cause all these arguments and envy and slander and deceit and hypocrisy and all the jealousy, and the trust in yourself and your own pride or trust in the what the world is telling you. He's saying, do good. And if you have to preach a wordless sermon to people around you, let them see your character. You might not be the, an eloquent person to speak, but let them see your gentle, quiet spirit. <clears throat> Husbands and wives, families, and with everybody else. So I hope this was helpful. God bless you all. I'll turn the rest of the podcast now over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. and We'll see you right here tomorrow as we continue our study through 1st Peter. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.
1: Hello. So today's teaching is coming from 1st Peter chapter 3 beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 9. So, in Friday's study we ended at um First Peter chapter three verse one. So I'll just continue from there because this is where our study continues from. So here it says, "Likewise." So the term "likewise" can also be, um, you know, translated as "in the same manner." So here, wives, in the same manner, be submissive to your own husbands, that even in some, do, sorry, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives so here it connects with what's actually gone before already so this um presents a different situation here than the one we had in when we studied the book of ephesians where it's uh the relationship between you know a christian wife and a christian husband and both are filled with um spirit-filled believers and um can exhibit what real love is. So here we're looking at, um, a Christian wife who's married to an unbelieving husband. So, um, Dr. J. V. McGee's opinion, um, is um, you know, the unsaved actually even scripture discourages it. The unsaved can't get any further than you know a sex relationship if two people get married it's, it's 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 obviously going to be based on you know that uh physical level um of um you know of attraction so two believers can make sex the most precious and beautiful thing uh, that there is in this world and and today you know they are the ones that can actually enjoy the physical relationship. So, you know, a relationship is more than just, you know, the physical level, the physical attraction. A relationship has, you know, has to have a three-plane uh, or three-fold levels. So, you know, in a marriage, um, Dr. David McGee is a counselor. I've never been married before, but this is a very good um, lesson for me, like who looks to getting married in future. You know, in a marriage. Uh, marriage is based on three planes. So there's the physical aspect of it, and this is you know mostly, uh, from my understanding, it's um you know the the outward thing you know the first thing that we see obviously with people is like how they look you know are we attracted to them and all, and then there's the mental um the mental level that's um you know can you mentally stimulate each other do you like the same things as this other person you know do you want to do the same things Do you want to go to the same places do you want to you know do you want to do do you want to um um actually do you want do you, are you willing to actually um look and enjoy the things that your partner likes and then the third level is the spiritual level are you connecting spiritually, so these three tie together, and that 's the threefold and In a Christian marriage, um, even if the two, the physical and the mental break down, the spiritual can tie um, a marriage together, you know but, but when the, 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 the spiritual element breaks down, then obviously that marriage isn 't going to last very long, so scripture forbids the marriage of a saved and an unsaved person because you know, if you can't bring this person who is unsaved to the Lord, um, you know, you, you you can't win, like, to, before you're married, you won't be able to still win him over when you're married. That's just not going to work. You You're not going to do that. So here scripture is talking about... Um, that type of relationship where you have a saved wife and an unsaved husband. So the wife is to continue in the same position of being in subjection. You know, like wives have to be submissive, have to be subjective, have to be submissive to the husband. So subjection here meaning, you know, submitting yourself. So it's a voluntary step. It's not something that's like, oh, like, you know, um, like a child grown-up relationship like you have to be submissive you no know, something voluntary you know um the wife has to come to submitting to the husband and it's not a command so and you know let the husband continue to be the head of the house doesn't I mean because he's not saved you know like and the wife is, is saved you know don't you know undermine him because um the husband according to scripture is the head of the house because he's a stronger vessel so the wife should continue to obey her husband, you know, except in certain instances, because obviously Scripture teaches um, that you know women should be obedient to their husbands. But you know, you have you have you have certain expect certain exceptions, rather, um, that are like, say, for example, if the husband wants to you know, the wife to um, be part of his criminal activities, like in you know, a robbery or in you know, fraudulent activities and all, then in that case, obviously, you know, because it's against um, you know biblical teachings. Then she will not obey the husband. So the wife is, uh, in this instance, is to actually preach, um, you know, according to to, to this verse, is to preach a wordless sermon by her life that she lives before him. And this has nothing to do with, you know, submission to him. So this means whether she's going to live a pure life or not. So the wordless sermon is, you know, a woman of God by her conduct, the way she dresses, the way she behaves in a home. You know, that's a wordless sermon. Verse 2 of um, First Peter chapter 3 goes on to read, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. So here, while they recognize that you now have changed and you want to live a life for God, you don't want to indulge in the things of the world. So this is the testimony you can actually give even just an application today, you know, as us young ladies and, you know, young men out there, you know, we are testimony um, to God. So it's how we carry ourselves, our conduct, our attitude every day in life, you know, because we are an example. We're representing Christ here on earth. We are an example every day. So when you can't win your husband over with you know, the word, start preaching the wordless sermon. So let your life and conduct do the preaching. So um, verse 3 of First Peter chapter 3 goes on to read, Do not let your adornment be merrily outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. So, here, they're talking about, like, adorning the hair and stuff. So, here in the Roman Empire, a lot of emphasis was actually put on the way that uh, women arranged their hair. You know, obviously, they wore hair that wasn't theirs, and they would actually also wear jewelry in it. And today, we have a lot of this type of thing that's going on. Like, here, you know, um, it, you know if we have a lot of... Um, Love of young African ladies, you know, they're not really. They don't really want to go out with their hair. So you have, you know, they're wearing all these long, long hairs um, that are coming from different parts of the world. You know, um, some of it call it Brazilian hair, Peruvian hair. You know, they wear that. They adorn this hair on their on um, on their heads, and women wear hair that's actually not theirs. And Peter here is saying, if you can win, um, if you sorry, if you uh, can win there and save man that you're going to marry before you marry. Um, sorry, if you can't win the unsaved man that you're going to marry before you marry by sex appeal, you will never win him by sex appeal afterwards. So you won't win him for the Lord. No matter you know what type of apparel, garb you try to put on, you're not going to win him. No matter what you put on, So Simon Peter here is saying, you know, a Christian woman is to dress in style. You know, he's not saying, no, don't put on makeup and all. You know, some of us need makeup once in a while. Um, You know, we have to dress our best. Um, You know, but we ought to dress, you know, in style. So you can't win an unsaved man to Christ by just sex appeal. You know, yeah, you look great and all you adorn yourself in all these things and all. And this person is actually attracted to you just outwardly. But you're not going to win him over just by, you know, your outward appearance. Verse 4 goes on to read, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart when the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. So, you know, we should have an ornament, but it should be on the inside. So it's to be, you know, a marvelous and wonderful person you know we should it should be in us not just you know outward so there is nothing wrong with actually using a little better products and you know there's nothing wrong with looking good and great in order to you know to look the best we can but we need more inward adornment that's what's actually important and that's what Simon Peter here is saying so be in style dress up in a way that's becoming But don't use this as a way of trying to win somebody to the Lord. It won't work. You know, you meet an unsaved man, you know, you've got all this outward adornment and all. That sex appeal is not going to win him to the Lord. It's that that inward adornment. You know, that wordless sermon, actually. That's what wins um, an unsaved man to the Lord. Verse 5 goes on to read. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves being submissive to their own husbands. So here, you know, this is true of, you know, there's lots of, great examples of women in the Bible, there's Sarah, there's Ruth, there's Rachel, Esther. You know, Sarah was a very beautiful woman, as scripture states, and, you know, several kings wanted her as a wife, and, you know, Abraham had a great problem with this, and Sarah called him my lord, so she looked up to him because, um, you know, he took care of her, Um, and, you know, this is why she looked up to him. Verse six goes on to read, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with terror, with any terror. Verse seven goes on to read, husbands likewise. So here we have the term likewise again. So meaning in the same manner. So here it says, husbands in the same manner, dwell with them, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. So here, you know, now it's looking at husbands. So it says, in the same manner, husbands. So the wife here is a Christian, and the husband is a Christian. So in this particular um, um, instance, now Simon Peter is looking at both, um, you know, the wife and the husband as Christians. So when he gives instructions to the husband, the husband is a Christian. So the husband is to treat, you know, the, the the woman is to treat her like the weaker vessel, as you know he is the head of the house, and is to give her honor, to honor her. Um, so the man is to give, you know, the first, you know, first place to her. Say for example, you know, if she gets in the car, she has to get in the car first. He has to hold the door for her. You know, when they're getting into a building, he has to do- hold the door for her. When they go into a place, she goes first, he walks on the sidewalks on you know on the outside for her protection, so she has to feel secure and protected, so he is to treat her with honor and you know when a woman loses her place, she actually doesn 't go up, she goes down, and she falls down and when you know she takes her place, um, she can be treated with honor, so women you know um If we take our place, you know, you're submissive, and to take your place in the home, in a relationship, um, um, you know, um, only then can we be treated with honor, you know, depending on, you know, it's just not about our outward appearance, about our inward adornment as well. So um, here, scripture had actually read... um, it says um, that your prayers may not be hindered. So here, your prayers may not be hindered. So one of the things that will actually ruin the family altar and, um, you know, there won't be any use for praying together is if, you know, you are constantly bickering and fighting like, you know, cat and mouse, cat and dog. And, um, you know, you're, no, you're, not, you're not getting along. God doesn't listen to, 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 to um, you know, bickering cats and mouse. Cats and dogs, rather. Why do I don't keep saying cats and cats and mouse, mice? Um, you know, God won't listen. You know, th- those prayers won't be listened to because you're constantly bickering. So, um, you know, God's not gonna hear your prayers. Verse eight goes on to read: Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous. So here now we see the conduct. In the church. So we moved away from now the home to the church. So they are to be like-minded, you know, the brethren. We ought to be like-minded. So they are to be humble minded. So like minded, they had they ought to have compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender hearted, and be courteous to one another. So here, be humble minded. Verse 9 goes on to read not returning evil for evil or uh, reviling for reviling but on the contrary blessing knowing that you were called to this that you may inherit a blessing so here here is the golden rule you know turning the other cheek you know as a believer you know is to do this in you know a believer is to do this in the church with other believers and this will actually help stop all the you know little cliques that you have in church the infighting if we take this position where you you know, don't, don't, don't return evil for evil if we actually take this position and, um, you know, as we are actually representing the Lord Jesus Christ here. So, yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. Um, hope you actually enjoyed it as much as I did. I, I, I learned quite a lot and I enjoyed it a lot. Thank you all. Have a pleasant Monday. God bless. Stay safe and healthy. Bye-bye. You do know